0: Welcome to the New Life Lutheran Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated and we explore together how to live the Christian life with excellence. Thanks for listening today. You can find our podcast at nlutheranpodcast.com. You can subscribe on Podbeam, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play Music. If you have any questions for Pastor Eric or would like to suggest topics for our podcast, you can email Pastor Eric at erik.anderson at nllutheran.com we are continuing our sermon series called afterlife and i love this sermon series it's been a great time so far and uh pastor ben and i as as teachers and preachers we love it when uh, you all the congregation engage in the sermon and Come up to us during the week or give us a call or send us an email and say, "Hey, I heard you say this. this was my experience with this thing. Or hey, you said this and I'm not really sure i I agree with that. what well, Scripture also says this, and we kind of have this back and forth. we love this that we love that you all are engaged in and thinking about the teaching from Sunday morning, and it happens quite a bit, which is fantastic. and something different has been happening the last few sermons during this sermon series. It's not so much, hey, I agree with this. This was my experience or, hey, I disagree with this. What about this other scripture? What we've been hearing is that was an interesting sermon. That was an interesting sermon. I'm not sure if that's positive or negative. I'm going to take that as a positive because that means that you're still thinking about the sermon, thinking about what's going on. But we're dealing with this question, what happens to us after we die? And this is something that all of us think about. It is something that all of us think about a lot. And especially those of us in this room who are maybe closer to the twilight years of our life and we begin to think about death more. We begin to think about what's coming up after we die. And a few weeks ago, Pastor Ben talked about why that is. Why do we always have this question? What happens after we die? Why is this so prominent in our mind and in our culture? Because if you even watch children's shows, Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny, Tom and Jerry, there are going to be these moments where a character dies and an escalator appears, a golden escalator to a bright light. And the spirit of that character will go up into some kind of afterlife, some kind of heaven. It's something that we see in our culture, It's something that we think about a lot. And there's a reason that Pastor Ben taught on a few weeks ago about why we always think about this. And it's because we know that this existence right now, with all the kind of bad things that happens to us, we know that this can't be all of life. And he preached on this passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 a few weeks ago, which reads this, For while we are in this tent, that is, this body, we groan under our burden. That there's something wrong with our bodies. There's something wrong with how this world exists. And our bodies, as we get older, they get sick more often. They get hurt more often. And eventually we can barely move. And eventually we die. And it causes us pain. And it makes us groan under the burden of having to carry these bodies with us. And it feels like our bodies are almost fighting against us. They get sick they age, they get older, and eventually they die. And I experienced a little bit of this a few weeks ago, um, maybe a little bit more lightly than, than some of you recently. Uh, but a few weeks ago, I had the pleasure of going to Des Moines and meeting up with some college buddies of mine. So there were four of us. We got together. We rented a house out there. We stayed there for a couple of days, and we hung out in Des Moines. We, we had a lot of fun being outside. It was a beautiful weekend. And, uh, and one day, one of my buddies, uh, all these guys I knew since college, right? So I've known these guys almost a decade now. And the last time I had seen them was about three years ago. I, I did a wedding for one of them and his now wife. It had been three years since I've seen these guys. But really, it had been like eight years, nine years, since I really saw them and spent time with them last. And when we were in college, it was great. You know, we were all single at that time, living in the dorm. At one point, we were all in the same wing of the same dorm. And so we would eat together. We would go play games together. We'd go work out together. And it was great. We enjoyed being active and doing things like that. And James or Micah would come down to my room. I'd be working on my homework. They would knock on the door and say, hey, we're going to go work out. Do you want to come? I'd say, yep. I would grab my shoes. We'd go work out. Wouldn't even think about it. Well, this last, you know, a few weekends ago, one of my friends brought pickleball, a pickleball set for us to go play pickleball. And I thought, oh, this is great. Pickleball's a lot of fun. It's kind of an old man game. It's a nice thing that we'll go out and do and play. And we go out and we play pickleball for four hours. And then we go and we do 18 holes of frisbee golf. And then we do something else in the evening. We go out, get dinner, we eat a lot, and then uh, we went to bed. And I got up the next morning and something happened when I got up. I rolled out of bed and I couldn't stand up straight. And every muscle in the back of my legs and in my back was sore and hurting. And I, it took a long time for me to actually get myself stretched out so that I could straighten out and even walk like a normal human being. And I thought, something has happened to me. Now, the last time I really spent time with these guys was, it was seven or eight or nine years ago. Last time I saw them, I was 22. I'm going to turn 30 this year, and something happens between 22 and 30. When you're 30, you're no longer a young adult. You're now just an adult. And your body tells you that you're no longer a young adult. You can no longer go out and just work out and not have to think about it. You have to stretch and take care of your body and do those kinds of things. Something happened to me there in those seven years. My body grew older. It's not as pliable. It's not as energetic. It's not able to do as much as I could do even just a few years ago, just a handful of years ago. Then another thing happened to me this last Tuesday. So I shave my head because I'm bald, and I've been bald for a long time, but I shave my head so that you guys can't tell how bald I actually am, but uh, during the week, sometimes I let it grow out just because I don't want to shave it, and uh, so I let it grow out. It's kind of fuzzy, and my wife and I were brushing our teeth before bed, and I said, Sarah, look at all these white hairs that are all over, and so where I grow hair is around the side, and now it's just littered with these white hairs, and I say, not only am I prematurely bald, but now I'm going prematurely gray. And so this thing happens to me, right? Our bodies get old and our bodies change and not really in a positive way. I've been bald since I was 20 years old. I started losing hair when I was 20. Our bodies get older, our bodies change and not always for the better. And as we grow older, our bodies change even more and really not for the better as we get older. Our arthritis begins eating away at our joints. Cancer begins to set in, all these types of things that Young people don't normally have because their bodies are more pliable, more able to adjust. But something happens. We have this burden and we groan under it because our bodies break down. We get sick, we get old, and we die. And the reason that this happens is because our bodies are actually marked by sin. All those years ago, we read about it in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve sinned against God, when the fall happened... God told Adam something was going to happen to him. He said, Adam, every single day you are going to toil to get food. You're going to have to toil to put food on your plate, and you are eventually going to toil until you are dead. You are going to return to the dust that I brought you out of and I made you out of. Sin is what causes all of our sickness and death. Now, it's not one-to-one. It's not like you do one sin and then God gives you a sickness. It's just that our collective humanity has unleashed sin into the world and it's actually broken how our bodies are supposed to function. It's broken how our world is supposed to function. And so now all these terrible things happen. Earthquakes and hurricanes and floods and our bodies get old and they get sick and they die because our world doesn't operate the way that it ought to, the way that we think it ought to. We groan under this burden. And Paul actually writes about this in the letter to the Philippians. And this is what he says, this kind of longing that we have. He says, but our citizenship is in heaven. And it is from there that we are expecting a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, our citizenship, what we long for is actually heaven. We long for this space where God is, where God exists. And from heaven, we await We wait for our Savior. We wait for Jesus Christ to return back to us. And here's the good news for us this morning is that God saw our condition. He saw that we were broken people and he did not leave us to our brokenness, but he sent his son who put on our brokenness. He had a body like yours and mine. He had all the bumps and bruises, all the aches and pains, and eventually he was killed and he died. He died, died like you and I are going to die someday. He was dead. But he was brought back to life. And God, by the Holy Spirit, resurrected Jesus. And then Jesus ascends into heaven and is with the Father. And now we know that we are waiting for Jesus to return to us. Our Savior, who wears a body like ours, who has a body like ours, he's going to return back to us. And this is also our hope that Jesus, he, will transform the body of our humiliation, that is, this body, that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. So when Jesus lived, he lived all the aches and pains, he was crucified, he died, and then he was brought back to life. And when he was brought back to life, something was different about Jesus. He wasn't quite the same as he was before. He had what Paul Paul writes here as a glorious body. And Paul says that actually when Jesus comes back, we are all going to be brought back to life like Jesus and we're going to be given a glorious body, that our body is going to be conformed to his glory. It's going to be like his. And so then the question becomes, what was his body like? What was his body like? Well we read about it in the Gospels. In Luke chapter 24, this is after Jesus is resurrected. the disciples are chickens, so they hide in this room and they lock the door because they're afraid of the Romans and the other Jews. And this is what happens. While they were talking about this, they had heard that Jesus' body was missing, they had heard that He was resurrected. As they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them. They were startled and terrified. And thought they were seeing a ghost. So they're in this locked room. They're hiding. And all of a sudden Jesus is there. He appears somehow. We don't know how. Maybe he just appeared there like he teleported there. Or maybe he came through a wall. We don't really know what happened. But he just shows up in this room where Jesus was not before. And should not have been able to go through if he was just a normal body. But somehow he comes into this room or appears in this room and you know what? I'm with the disciples. That kind of sounds like what a ghost would do, right? Just appear there. Just be this spirit, this non-physical reality, this non-physical entity. But as this story continues, something else happens. Jesus said to them, have you anything here to eat? And They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. Ghosts don't do that right? Spirits can't eat food because they're non-physical things. So when Jesus was brought back to life, he somehow can appear in a room, but also is physical. He eats this fish. And at one point we're going to hear in a little bit that he actually, he, Thomas puts his fingers in the holes of his hands and into the slit in his side where he was crucified. He was a physical human body, in this room with them. He could eat, he could be touched, he could talk to them, but also he was so much more. So if our bodies are going to be like that, that's different than the stories that we hear from our culture. That's different from the storyline that we hear from our culture, where we're told just to be good people so that when we die, our spirits leave our bodies and we go to the good place instead of the bad place, right? That's what we're told in our culture. We live our life, we die, then our spirit either goes up or it goes down. But this is different. Because if our bodies are going to be conformed to his body, his body is physical. He can eat food. He can eat broiled fish that the disciples made for him. So we need to change how we think about what's going to happen in the future. We have to change how we think about what happens after we die, what happens at the end of all things. And Revelation actually tells us it's the last book of the Bible. It's this amazing book that's, it's quite broad and it's difficult to read, but it's really incredible. And it actually tells us what's going to happen at the end of all things when Jesus returns. And this is what we read. Then I saw, that is this is John, he's seeing this vision. God opened up this vision for him. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. So God opens this vision to John and what he sees is he sees God create this new heaven or recreate this new heaven and this new earth, this new space. And there's also this new city. We're going to hear in a little bit that this Jerusalem isn't the physical Jerusalem that we think of, isn't this important metropolitan area in Israel. This Jerusalem is actually in heaven. We're going to read here in just a moment. And it's important as we talk about this um, to get into the Jewish mindset because for Jewish people, especially in the Old Testament and as Jesus and his disciples would have thought, Jerusalem wasn't just a very important city. It was the place where God lived. God lived in Jerusalem. He lived in the temple. That's where his throne was, was in the temple in Jerusalem. So this Jerusalem city is where God lives and this is what happens I see I saw this new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying see the home of God is among mortals so this heavenly city that God dwells this place that God lives comes down where to earth It comes from heaven and comes down to earth. And then there's this declaration. See, God's home is among mortals. So this vision of the end time, this vision after Jesus comes back and resurrects people is that actually God is going to come from heaven to earth and reside on earth with us, with his people. This is the Garden of Eden imagery where humans and God can exist together. They can talk to him as if he were just standing right next to you. Where you can hear him walking along the road on the cool of the day. This is this image of heaven and earth overlapping once again. So Jesus is physical. His glorified body is physical. And our bodies are going to be like his body. They're going to be physical. And we are going to inhabit a physical space, the earth. It's going to be new. It's going to be different. But it is, in fact, here. It's physical, tangible. It's not our spirit leaving our body and going to this bright light. It's an actual thing that God is going to create and dwell with us in this new physical world that he's creating, this new earth. This declaration continues. He will dwell with them, They will be his people's and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more for the first things have passed away. So this new world that God is creating, that God is going to inhabit with us, he's going to give us these new bodies and these bodies don't grow old. They don't get sick. They don't have pain And they don't die. So we are going to live in this new reality with God forever. With no more sickness. With no more aging. With no more death. With no more sadness. And with no more pain. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? That sounds pretty sweet. I like it. But it's different, isn't it? It's different from what we hear from our culture. It's different from this kind of popular notion that we have of heaven. God's ultimate plan is not that our spirits would be away from our body and that we would be away from the earth, but he actually, his ultimate plan is that we were to live on this earth forever as it always should have been in physical bodies, in a physical place, walking and talking with God right there with us something else that we hear about Jesus' body. This is from John chapter 20. This is the same moment when the disciples are hiding and Jesus appears to them. And this is what he says to Thomas. He said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. So when Jesus was resurrected in his glorified body, in his glorious body, this is the same body that he was crucified in. It's not some new creation, but it's the same body. He has the holes where he was crucified. He says, touch them, feel them. Feel the split in my side where I was stabbed. This was Jesus's body, but different, changed. Now, we don't know exactly what things are going to be like, but I'm guessing it's going to be like this. We're going to be in our bodies, but different. We're going to be in our bodies, but glorified, made different, and made new in Jesus Christ. So that's where scripture gets us about this new creation, about this heaven existence that we talk about. We don't really know what it's going to be like. I've been bald since I was 20. It would be pretty sweet if my new body, if my recreated body had hair. I would like that. It would be pretty sweet if my new created body was super buff, right? If we were all super strong, had hourglass figures, whatever it is, right? That would be pretty sweet, but we just don't know. We simply don't know what that's going to be like. We do know that it's probably going to be our body. It's going to be like this body, but better. It's going to be different, made glorious. But something else is really important here. That Jesus is marked by his self-sacrificial act by his love and it is by his act of self-sacrifice on the cross that we even have this future he bears the marks of his love in the new creation our bodies now are marked by sin they break down they get broken we get sick and we die but in the new creation our bodies are marked by love Care and service for each other, just like Jesus, because he's going to transform our bodies and conform them to be like his glorious body. Interesting, isn't it? It's interesting. So, then what do we do with this? What do we do with all this interesting information? Well, I think that Paul says it nicely in that Philippians passage, Philippians chapter 3. This is what he says. He says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us then who are mature be of the same mind. Of the same mind to press on toward the goal. And now we hear the goal. The goal is new creation. The goal is something that God has secured for us 2,000 years ago by the blood of Jesus Christ. That is the goal. New heaven, new earth, God dwelling with man forever, eternal, no death, no sickness No pain. That's the goal. And I think that we're called to press on toward it. To be of the same mind as Paul. To continue to work toward that end. We're still going to get bumps and bruises in this world. We're still going to get sick. Cancer is still going to happen. Arthritis is still going to happen. And death is still going to happen. But we have a hope. We have something beyond what is now that we long for, that we look for, that we believe that God has secured for us. Our inheritance is Christ Jesus. We can trust that he is going to conform our bodies to ones like his. We can trust that he is true to his word, that he has saved us and redeemed us. And so when we're suffering, we can press on toward that goal. We can have hope, hope in suffering because of this glorious future that God has promised us. And then Paul says this, let us hold fast to what we have attained. Because the promises of God are not just for the future. There are some promises that we will not realize until the end of all things, until new heaven and new earth is recreated, until we are resurrected, until we are made new. There are some things we will not know until then. Some things we will not experience until then. I probably will not have hair again until then, right? But there are some things that we can't experience now. Let us hold fast to what we have attained. And there are lots of promises in Scripture about what we have presently. We are told in Ephesians chapter 1 that God has given all spiritual blessings to those of us who are in Christ. Every spiritual blessing, he says, in heaven. Every single one. That's a promise. We have the promise of the fruit of the spirits, love and joy and peace and patience in all of them. We have these promises that we can hold fast to, that even though now our bodies are weak, our spirits can be strong. Our spirits can be empowered by his Holy Spirits. We can experience all the interior blessings, even if we don't get to experience the exterior ones until later. We can have peace now when others fail. We can have hope now when others fail. Are hopeless, And the whole time we get to invite people to join us in this new creation. We get to point people toward Christ and invite them to this thing that's coming in the future and this thing that we have now. We can invite people to be in Christ so they can also experience the physical blessings in the future and the spiritual blessings now. We can hold fast to what we have and we can press on toward the goal. And the whole time we get to tell other people about the good news that God has rescued us and redeemed us, that he has made us whole and that we have a future in Christ. So let us hold fast to what we have in Christ and let us press on toward the goal that is in Christ. Amen. Hey